Hello and welcome to the weekly Bundaberg Now podcast. I'm Dana McGackis from Bundaberg Regional Council and today we have another interesting program with news and information from across the Bundaberg region. Soon we'll hear about a local pest species, Indian miners, the first lines of famous books and another great tune from Art as an Act of Optimism. But first, here's Michael Gorry with the news headlines. Thank you, Dana. In good news for the environment, Bundaberg Regional Council has revealed that less waste is going to landfill since the state government waste levy was introduced last year. The amount has decreased by 15% or 15 semi-trailer loads per week. Recycling has increased, equating to 82 kilograms per year for each resident of the Bundaberg region. Coronavirus has devastated much of the national economy, but one major producer in the Bundaberg region is confident of growing stronger. Here's the Managing Director of Auschili, David DiPioli. Because as other people can't do the job anymore, we can. And that's a difference. It's a global issue now with this COVID, and I can't see it being deterrent to us. The real people who appreciate relationships and doing the right thing ethically, they'll stay here. A large crowd turned out in Moorpark Beach on Tuesday to help shape the future development of local community, sport and recreation facilities. A community survey will now be undertaken. Here's Mayor Jack Dempsey. Well, what a magnificent evening to see so many members of the community turn up with lots of good ideas of how they want to master plan their piece of Moorpark Beach into the future. And uh, certainly great conversations. Main priorities around that area obviously being what uh, we're going to do with the community hub, the Surf Lifesaving Club, the Caravan Park, the uh, the Duck Pond and a number of other pieces of uh, light infrastructure around the area. Finally this week, over to reporter Ben Wilmot, who speaks to Mayor Jack Dempsey, Councillor Wayne Honour and some Jinjin residents about their new community hub. The much-anticipated Jinjin community hub is nearing completion, with some facilities, including the library, set to open to the public from Monday. A big thank you to all the other levels of government, three levels of government, federal, state and local government, chipping in to be able to deliver a multi-million dollar facility which will be able to service the Jinjin community for the many decades to come. This is a whole new centre and it's also incorporated our older service centre. It's all been revamped. Uh, We have a facility that's second to none in Queensland. It's an opportunity for people to enlarge on what they provide through their community organisations, through their own personal hobbies. It will enlarge uh, the capacity of this community. There's huge spaces where people can interact. Um, There's plenty of um, spots where you can read a book to children or families can come in and do homework. You can bring your own device and use a free Wi-Fi as well and um, lots of community engagement. If I say... Hey, guys, let's go to the library. They just get excited. They just, oh, yes, let's go to the library. They just love it. It's amazing and how big it is compared to the last library. I think it's wonderful and really exciting to see. I can definitely find myself um, in one of these cubby holes or in the seats and reading a book. I'd say the tents because it's... It's just um, a lovely little place. You can always relax here. It's just a calm place. 
The Jinjin Community Hub was made possible through state and federal funding, with an official opening set to take place in coming weeks. Thanks, Michael. Now, I'll hand over to the Parks team for a chat about Indian miners. Hi everyone, it's Rowana O'Neill from the Parks Branch. I'm talking with Spencer Catt today, Land Protection Officer from the Land Protection Team. The team at Council look after managing pest animals and plants across the Bundaberg Council region. And today Spencer's come in to talk about an introduced bird called the Indian Miner. Welcome Spencer. Morning Ro. Can you tell us more about the Indian Miner bird? When did they actually arrive in Australia? I believe they were introduced into Australia about late 1860s. And how did they actually come here? I'm pretty sure they were um, in, like imported like uh, in, um, say, cargo and things like that coming across on the ships. Okay. And can you tell us why were the Indian miners introduced into Australia? I believe they were introduced into Australia to control the cane grub, just like the cane toads were. Okay. I didn't realise that. That's interesting. And they've become a problem. Can you tell us why they're actually a problem in Australia? Well, they compete with all the native birds and um, they actually kick them out of their own nest. Like if there's baby native birds in a nest, they'll go there and either eat the little babies or kick them out and then they'll take over that nest. And as they build their groups up, they get like bigger numbers and so they push all the native birds away. And so because they're a problem, what is the land protection team doing to control the Indian miners? Well, Council has um, a number of traps in Bundy, Childers and Jinjin. If you want one of these traps, all you got to do is call into the call centre and um, we can help you out from there with a trap. Uh, we have some aviary traps, which are like a small 1.8 high by 1.5 wide, and it has entrances into it, and we just put it in a field or next to your house or with a caller bird in it, and they um, attract the birds that are in the area. And so if the public were interested in having a trap on their property, do they have to organise food and water for the birds? They have to look after the trap, of course, but um, we supply the food and all they got to supply is their time to um, actually put the water in and put the food in the trap. So for someone who hasn't seen an Indian minor bird before, can you talk us through like the colour of the bird? Like what are some of the identifying features? Well, the Indian minor bird has a yellow beak and yellow around the eyes and yellow feet. And the head is sort of a more black and then it goes into a brown. And as they fly, and you can see a, there's a circle of white underneath and underneath the tail. Um, they're the distinct sort of um, of the bird compared to the n- noisy miner. The noisy miner is a grey bird. with uh, It's got a yellow beak, not as yellow as the miner. And it's got the black around the eyes with a bit of yellow and the rest of the body sort of a greyish colour. So it's pretty easy to tell between them. And I understand that your team has some fact sheets around the Indian miner, including what they look like, um, how people can become part of this community program. Is that available on the council website? I believe it is, yes. But if they if they can't get around, you know, do it using the website, they can call call centre and the girls there 
could um, point them in the right direction. Great. So what you're really looking for is the community to see if they can identify the Indian miner species in their property or perhaps even nearby. And you'd like people to call council on 1300 883 699 if they have a sighting of the bird or if they'd like more information? Yes, yes, that would be good. Um, we'll help them out any way um, we can. There is actually a bounty on the bird as well, which is $5 a bird, which helps you know people get interested in trapping them. Okay, so that bounty means that people have to make sure the bird is still alive when they when yes, you yeah. pick up the birds? Yes, they have to keep them alive. That's what that's the idea of the trap with the food and the water. So when you get, say, half a dozen or a dozen, uh, you call call the uh, land protection team or the call centre, and um, they will send us a message and say there's word, birds to be picked up at that location, and we'll come pick them up and dispose of them humanely. Terrific. Thanks so much, Spencer, for coming in to talk today about the program. Hopefully you'll get a good response. Thank you, Rowan. Thank you. Thanks, Rowan Spencer. And now, we're in for a bit of a guessing game with Jala Beecham from the libraries. Over to you, Jala. There can be a lot of pressure on authors to write the perfect first line, as if their story is only worth reading if the first line is epic. While the first line should help the reader know the tone of the story and invite them to read more they don't have to be epic. As a little test of first lines and the success of stories, I've chosen six books and will read out their first line. These books are well known and each have had their time in the spotlight over the years. I'll read out six sentences and you are welcome to guess the book it comes from. After after I've read all six first lines, I will reveal the books they came from. Are you up for the challenge? Book one. My suffering left me sad and gloomy. Book two. It was a bright, cold day in April, and the clocks were striking 13. Book three. This is my favourite book in all the world, though I've never read it. Book four. Far out in the uncharted backwaters of the unfashionable end of the western spiral arm of the galaxy lies a small, unregarded yellow sun. Book five. Mr. and Mrs. Dursley of Number 4, Privet Drive, were proud to say that they were perfectly normal. Thank you very much. Book 6. In a hole in the ground there lived a hobbit. So book 1 was Life of Pi by Jan Mattel. Book 2 was 1984 by George Orwell. Book 3 was The Princess Bride by William Goldman. Book 4 was The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams. Book 5, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone by J.K. Rowling. And Book 6, The Hobbit by J.R.R. Tolkien. Did you successfully guess any of the books? As you can tell, the first line of a story doesn't have to be epic to be worth reading. So next time you drop into the library, feel free to have a look at the first line in our books. But remember, great stories don't always have an epic first line. Thanks, Jala. Now we've got another great tune. The Arts and Cultural Services team have been working with local artists through the Regional Arts Development Fund to showcase their original work right here on the Bundaberg Now podcast. A total of 11 artists will be featured throughout the upcoming weeks, and this week we hear from Davey Bishop. The Moncrief Entertainment Centre, Bundaberg Regional Galleries and Bundaberg Regional Libraries, and together we're Arts Bundaberg. Bundaberg. 
We love the arts just as much as you do. And whether you're a book lover, an arts lover or a theatre lover, the arts and cultural services of the Bundaberg Regional Council are connecting locals all in one place. To keep up to date with the things you love, jump online to artsbundaberg.com.au. Hello everyone, my name is Davey Bishop and this week I'm the featured artist for Bundaberg Now. The song you're about to hear is titled 2020 Vision From Now On. It's my reflection on what I've seen occurring throughout the world, our nation and in our local area this year. Collectively, we are learning to appreciate the frailty of life, the importance of community and the need to treat every conversation as if it were your last. I've seen runways lined with planes, health and economic strains. Easter came and went without a sound. In spite of all the losses and the multiplying crosses, there's been a diamond in the rough I found. And with 2020 vision, we can see the things that matter. We've made a few adjustments to bring them in. Focus. Every word's important, there's no time for idle chatter I hope when the year is come and gone We'll have 2020 vision from now on This world is a much smaller place It turns at an alarming pace Angel makes her way from shore to shore I've seen grief versus compassion I've stood in line for ration It's an image that will last forevermore And with 2020 vision We can see the things that matter We've made a few adjustments To bring them into focus Every word's important There's no time for idle chatter I hope when the year is coming and gone We'll have 2020 vision from now on Who'd have thought that we would find
as an act of optimism the podcast series brought to you by the Regional Arts Development Fund a partnership between the Queensland government and Bundaberg Regional Council to support local arts and culture in regional Queensland keep listening to the Bundaberg Now podcast to discover more talented artists within our region to keep up to date with all things arts jump online to artsbundaberg.com.au that's all for today we hope you enjoyed the program. Join us next week for more news and stories from across the Bundaberg region. Bye for now.